we work with entrepreneurs and big companies to say, hey, let's give you the tools to instead of going up against that brick wall, how do you go around it, under it, through it, but do it repetitively. Children between five to 13 do like to spend time with parents. We really wanted to hone in on that and said, treasure it, make memories and go from there. There's something so special about seeing people come together within a space of feeling like they're ready to connect again. I'm Richard Gerhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhart. You just heard some snippets from our fantastic show, so stay tuned for the rest. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, an intellectual property attorney specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not an attorney, but I do marketing for the firm and I'm an entrepreneur. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everyone. The road to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurs, innovators, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. So we have a very special guest, Tamara Gondor, founder of Launch Street and the creator of of the IQE Innovator Assessment. I took the assessment and it was spot on for me. But anyway, so we I want to hear all about it I want to hear it too. You should have taken it. It's I pretty should've. cool. Anyway, and then we have Rowena Scherer, founder of Eat to Explore. It's not just another meal kit. It's like a whole teaching tool that includes food. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but we'll hear more from Rowena when it's and, her turn. And then we have Matt and Karen Riley, Heart of Oneness Holistic Expo. And they bring together a bunch of people in New Jersey every year that I really wish I could have gone to it this year, but we were gone. But next year, I'm definitely going. And they have big plans for it too. So stay tuned. But before we get to our distinguished guests, it's time for IP in the news. Intel not only applied for a patent on a magic wand, they actually got it granted. Right. So <laughs> it's a magic wand. And so this is a scientific magic wand. So I don't, is it really magic if it's scientific? I don't know. I guess the technology creates the illusion of magic. I it, guess that's what it is. So you can wave it around or you can talk to it and it'll tell your smart devices to do stuff for you. Right. And not just one, you could have a whole room of smart devices and you can wave your wand around and get all sorts of special effects. The abstract says methods, apparatuses, systems, and storage media for creating, discovering, and or resolving spells using a wand are provided. The patent, interestingly, has seven inventors on it. That's a lot of people to collaborate on a patent. And the patent itself is 45,000 words. So if you're really interested in getting a magic wand, if you're into the wizard thing, I think this technology is for you. I don't know that they've made it yet with the whole metaverse now. I don't know. Elizabeth just bought a pair of Oculus goggles with the hand things. And so this week, weekend, she was standing in our living room with the curtains wide opening with these goggles on, moving her arms around, swatting at imaginary rockets that were coming to her. It was so much fun. <laughs> and the I neighbors think you, we're crazy. Think they already crazy. thought that, yeah. so it doesn't matter. So, no, it is so much fun. Back to our guests. Time for Richard's Roundtable. Tamara, what are your thoughts on this? Well, as I think I said earlier, I feel like this is the updated version of the clapper from when I was a kid, so I kind of like it for that reason. But here's the thing I'd say about it with the metaverse, with web 3.0, with wire, like everything tech can do. I love the idea of bringing an experience into your tasks and your actions. So there's something about it to me that makes turning on my stove or I don't know, my heater or whatever it is that it does a little bit more fun and more interesting. So I'm intrigued. I guess my question, because I'm not the IP person you are, is does that allow them to do other connections from other devices? And maybe it's not a wand, but it's another way to do it. And do they then own that communication space? I don't know the answer to that. I'll bring that back to you. But I like the experience side of it. Yeah, it's a pretty broad patent. And so they use the term wand, but wand could be really yeah. any shape or any type of device that you wave around. So yeah, the idea behind a patent is to protect as many variations on the idea as possible. So in that 45,000 words, they discussed a lot of different ways to right. use this and different devices to hook it up so that it covers a lot of territory. But that's the idea behind a patent. So they could use different wands, different shapes, different sizes, even things that don't look like wands. Rowena, what was your thoughts about this? You know, my first thought was, yeah, it's by Harry Potter and getting, you know, kids especially excited about using the wand. 
I wonder if you can, I'm pretty sure you will be like Bluetooth or something connecting to your TV and, you know, to your stove. You can kind of wave around and say, switch on your stove. So, <laughs> exactly. Well, right? Would anybody so, really be fooled by that though? That's the, uh, you know, I, I just don't know whether it, it'd be like kind of fun. Yeah. I guess if it's for kids, you have to supervise them closely because you know, know what kind of damage they could do to their exactly. brother or sister with exactly. one of these. Well, that'd be pretty cool. Well, you have to clean up your room to find the wand if you want to watch TV. Oh. <laughs> Oh, imagine having the one in a baby's hand and then what hey. a one's going to do. <laughs> so Kenya, what are your thoughts? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not really into the whole wizardry spell thing, but it reminds me a little bit of the, I don't, do you remember the Nintendo Wii when it yeah. came yeah. out? Yeah. So, and it had the remote and you would stand on the board and then like, I felt like it was fun for five minutes and then it was like not cool anymore. So it this yeah. kind, of, kind of reminds me of a little bit, like there's a purpose to give you that whole experience, but then like, what's the longevity of it continuing to be this, I guess, fun experience, so to speak. Yeah. I kind of get that too, because virtual reality is still not reality at some point it'll evolve, but reality is much more interesting. I mean, I'd rather try to play a, a game of tennis or basketball or something than play virtual basketball. And it's just not the same experience for me. So although Elizabeth describes her Oculus is very fun and entertaining that ball game that she plays. So I don't oh, know. It fits in with my profile, my IQE assessment. Oh, good. So Matt and Karen, what are your thoughts? <laughs> so I have to be honest, I absolutely love it. I always look at life is it being a beautiful reflection so for me the first thing that kind of caught my attention was that it's really showing people how we can use technology to focus and direct energy and intention and we see it you know every day all around the world but you know when they create something that looks like a magic wand for me it just is incredible you know I don't mistake for any reason that all these movies like Harry Potter are really helping the consciousness expand and technology is just helping us to do that I just thought it was wonderful. What about you, Matt? It almost reminds me of like the Jetsons, the cartoons yeah. and stuff, but I think it is. I think the more we're open to different ideas and different technologies that we didn't think existed 10, 20 years ago, it just expands up to your, my wife's point, our consciousness. It really helps to say what's possible now. How far can we expand through our brain waves and through everything else? We don't know. There's no sky's the limit. Exactly. We're all going to be living in the matrix I, soon anyway. So why don't yeah. we get used to it now? Oh, that's I, a loaded oh, question. I got to say, I have an Oculus too. And when you're in it, you lose sense of the real world. Like you mm -hmm. think you're in and the Darth Vader one's my favorite, the lightsaber. Cause you're like smashing stuff with lightsabers. You think you're in star Wars, but I have to say if this wand could solve my biggest frustration, cause I have all these different smart devices and I have to speak to all of them a certain way, but it's not my native way of how I would say it. Right. So if this wand could solve that frustration where I get to program what I want it to say, how I want to talk to it, then I'm totally in. Yeah, and I'm down for like eating virtual food and losing weight. So if they can, <laughs> somebody can do that for me, then I will be a happy camper. Well, I want to make one more Oculus comment related to what Matt said, because when you're in there, like if if you're up high on a cliff, you really feel yeah. like mm -hmm. you're going to fall into a ravine yeah. if you step off, but you know, you're on your living room floor. So it just shows you the limitations that our minds put on us mm -hmm. or that we put on ourselves yeah. with our minds. Mm -hmm. So to Matt's point, I think anything that could help you open that up is really awesome. Great. Oculus give me a headache. Well, she did a roller coaster version and she oh. came into the family room and said, oh, I got to lie down for a few minutes. <laughs> no, I like it where you get to smash things with bats. <laughs> she wants me to get a set so that we can have a, a sword fight, a sword fight, you know, <laughs> anyway, it's more passage to profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination. Imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have an
a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Time now for our guests. So Tamara Gondor, founder of Launch Street, you're really into innovator assessment. So could you tell us a little bit more about what you do and why you do it? So thanks for having me. My name is Tamara Gondor. I'm the president of Launch Street, which is an innovation consultancy. But the flagship of our company is the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment, which is the only proprietary tool that helps people discover their everyday innovator style. And it's based on neuroscience and change brain mechanics, change principles that comes together. I'll just tell you kind of very quickly where it came from and why we focus on it. And on this kind of human side of innovation. So if you looked at the landscape out there in innovation, I think a lot of people are about process, initiatives, culture, and most of the time they fail. And what I realized early on in my career was that what was more powerful than giving people ideas, showing them a process that they may or may not love, is actually showing people how they can innovate from the inside out. Because we all have the ability to do it. Some of us just go to the gym of innovation a little bit more. And I'll never forget, I was speaking about innovation at a conference. I was sharing all the stories that you think are awesome, right? Like Southwest, Apple, Google, right? Like the ones that are kind of so cliche now looking back. And I got off stage and this woman came up to me and said, Tamara, that's great. Like, those are all fascinating stories, but what am I supposed to do with that? And in my head, I was thinking, well, because you're an innovator, we're all actually innovators. We just do it differently. And she said, well, but I'm not like, you know, so-and-so on the cover of Fast Company magazine with their hoodie and their cool glasses. I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not JK Rowling. I'm not any of these people. So how am I supposed to do it? And that kind of cold slap across the face is what made me realize, all right, I got to stop telling people how innovation works and like the high level of it, I got to make it tangible and real for people because, you know, I can give you all the fish in the world, or I can show you how you can fish for yourself. And it's been really game changing for us and for our clients, because instead of me coming in and saying, Hey, I'm an innovator, look at me, let me go behind the black curtain. We work with entrepreneurs and big companies to say, Hey, let's give you the tools to, instead of going up against that brick wall, how do you go around it, under it, through it, but do it repetitively, right? On an ongoing basis. So how do you do it? Oh, wow. We all do it a little bit differently. So I won't spend too much time on the science because I don't think we have the time, but let me tell you this, there's nine different styles or ways that we as humans innovate. And what we all have is an everyday innovator style. And that's two power triggers our wellspring of innovation, and then a dormant trigger, which is kind of what exhausts us the most. And when we focus on our power triggers, that's how we figure out how to rise above the noise, differentiate ourselves, be strong, creative problem solvers. But the cool part is, Richard, is it's naturally hardwired into us. So the woman sitting next to you is naturally hardwired to be a futuristic inquisitive. So for her, the futuristic is all about forest through the trees and the inquisitive is all about digging. So that's how she innovates. That's different than me, for example. I'm a risk taker experiential. So I'm all about getting uncomfortable and making things happen. Two totally different ways. But what's awesome is I don't need to try to be like Elizabeth. She's amazing, but I can't. It's where I fall short. I can be me and I can do it really well and she can be her. So just so our audience knows, Elizabeth took the quiz before the show. So you're not just speculating here, yes. you have hard scientific data to back up your assessment. But right. for and what you say, though, rings true. It uh, is. If you look at the descriptions of the futuristic inquisitor, like that is me because I do like new things and I have some new ideas about my company in the metaverse, which I'll talk about later. But also, I do tend to ask a lot of questions like yeah. the inquisitor. Yes. Yeah, I'll this say. is the Elizabeth yeah. Inquisition. This, this is the Elizabeth. <laughs> I know that so well. But yeah. she is also the one who you get one of these emails that look like spam and they say, oh, we have this new technology for, you know, generating leads or something like that. She'll go look at it and I'll like instantly junk mail it. 
But I think though, to your point, getting different styles together helps because Kenya and I brainstorm and I think Kenya is a true creative. I'm sure she would come out high on creativity if there's one related to that. And between the two of us, we can bounce things off and come up with really good ideas. And same with Richard and me. There's two things I'd say about that. One is, Kenya, I'm sure you are incredible and more practiced. So everybody can innovate. What I really find is that people who say, I'm not the creative one, I get stuck a lot. Uh, I just don't know how to differentiate myself. I don't know how to problem solve. I'm just, that's not me, right? That's like cool, can you down the hall? What I really find is what they're saying is what's true is that they're just not intentional and they're not active about it. So the mind, it's not technically a muscle, but it acts like one, right? You got to strengthen it. You got to work it. So everybody's an innovator. That's why I love the assessment because the tens of thousands of people across the globe with all the different styles, it's proof, right? I I just got to practice this muscle and we've made it easy for people. And the other thing to your point is different styles. It's like storming a castle. You would never just go with one angle on something. So if you want to innovate or move your business forward, right, you want different perspectives looking at things. So I think there's an old phrase that ideas from birds of a feather tend to die, but ideas from diversity of thinking tend to thrive. And it's totally true, but it's, it's so fun to see because Elizabeth, to your thing about asking questions, like I always know inquisitives because at that 1130 meeting where I'm getting really hungry because I'm on meal three because I eat a lot and you're still asking questions and I'm like, oh, it's time <laughs> to go to lunch. <laughs> but, but you're innovating, right? You're digging, you're challenging assumptions, you're pulling back the layers and I'm only thinking about lunch. But if I know that about you, I will value that and I will leverage it versus being annoyed by it. Kenya. I was wondering, does your innovation style or like, does it- change or does it adapt? That's a great question. Here's what we find because you have two power triggers and one dormant trigger. The core remains the same, but we're dynamic. We're humans, right? So we evolve and grow. Our brains rewire as we practice innovation. So some small things tend to change. And what we find is that maybe one power trigger has shifted in that. So maybe, you know, in three years, if we took it again for Elizabeth, instead of a futuristic inquisitive, maybe she's more of a collaborative inquisitive moving forward. We have to take a break here and let our brains rewire, but we'll be back with more right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent trademark and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Hi, everybody. We're back here with Tamara Gondor talking about innovation. And she was just responding to a question from Kenya about whether innovation styles can change. Yeah, I mean, we're dynamic. We're human. So, you know, it's the same with any muscle in our body. If we go and we strengthen and we work on it, it's going to change and grow a little bit. The core inside of you remains the same, but some of that output might change. Here's the cool thing about it. So, you know, we all know no two thumbprints are alike. That's why police look for thumbprints at a crime scene. Well, no two brains are alike too. So our experiences, our perspectives, all that kind of come together to create what's unique about us. And I'm just going to loop it back for a second to kind of entrepreneurship and business. 
That's what differentiates you in the marketplace too. How you innovate is what makes you unique and that's what makes you valuable. And I think sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we add to the noise, but how we innovate is actually our greatest competitive advantage and the way that we can get out there. We think of great innovators and we think of people like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. They seem to have such high levels of innovation and other people have less innovation. How does that happen? There's a combination of things going on there. One is environment and timing. And like, if you look at Bill Gates and where he was and the first computer lab that was opening up in the college down the street from him, like there are things that propelled him into the world that he ended up going into and the changes that he made for all of us. So that's one, there's a big part of environment that plays into that, which is really goes into practice. But here's the other thing I'd say, Richard, is we often mistake creativity or innovation and genius. And as someone once said to me, actually a neuroscientist that I interviewed, he said, genius is rare, but creativity is common. So Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, they're innovators, but they're also at the genius level, Elon Musk. That's different. I think what's important to understand is that all of us are everyday innovators. That's why we titled it Everyday Innovator and not like crazy disruptive innovator, because oftentimes the best innovation comes from the most unlikely places and people. And it's the best, right? It makes the most impact. Sometimes it's huge, sometimes it's small, but people like Bill Gates, Elon Musk are also genius. And studies have shown actually that there's a whole timing and environment that plays into it. So where can our listeners find you tomorrow? So they can go to go to launchstreet.com. I always feel like I have to say that because I'm not saying go to, it's actually in the URL. So G O T O launch street. <laughs> I know it's a super confusing. Go to, go to, <laughs> yeah, to, go to Um, So that's the best place. The assessment is there. And I just want to say one thing about it because we made the decision that while all other prices were going up, that we were going to drop the price of the IQE from $47 to $12.99 because we wanted to make it accessible to everyone. We know that creative problem solving is what gets us through uncertainty. And we didn't want a tool that people felt like price was going to keep them from actually getting it. So we're really proud of it. And it hopefully it helps us differentiate in the market. But more than that, hopefully it helps us give people the tools they need to push forward. Tamara Gondor talking about innovation. We will be back right after this commercial break. Hi. I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not? Make it you. If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We just had an amazing discussion with Tamara Gondor, and it really was inspiring. I love innovating. I love the feel that I get when I'm innovating. But you don't know your innovation type because you did not take her quiz. I know, but I'm going to. (laughs) So in the meantime, it's time for Power Move. Kenya, who is on our Power Move? We're going to be talking about Angela Holmesy. She's the founder of Ignite Power. So she is an investor, but she's also a techie, right? She's a tech entrepreneur. Ignite Power is all about creating a systematic impact on sectors that are essential and vital. So she invests in everything from power, energy, water, irrigation, financial services, and internet connectivity. And they do this all across the globe, but specifically Africa, Israel, the Middle East, and they are creating global sustainability through the power of her platform. So I wanted to highlight her today because I feel like there's power in doing good. And there's power in power because a lot of the stuff that she's doing is in the utility, power, irrigation, really the fundamentals of keeping our planet and our population running. Nice to know that there's private companies investing in infrastructure around the world. I mean, that's so important. So that is a power move. 
move. That is a power move in more ways than one, <laughs> I suppose. Anyway, Fireside. Okay, so I got this idea for Fireside from talking with Kenya, talking about the Oculus 2 and all this stuff with VR. Fireside is an online video directory of small businesses. And Kenya has a coaching business. So I've been doing fitness things. And she's like, how can I get my coaching business on there? And Richard, to tie this together, you'll see where it's going. Richard went on to YouTube in VR on the Oculus. You download an app. My interviews are on a website, but also on YouTube. So I'm thinking there may be a way with Fireside, not now, but in five years to move Fireside into the metaverse, because this whole Oculus VR thing, you have to have a Facebook account for this. So this is going to be part of the metaverse or is, I don't know exactly what the metaverse is going to look like, but I'm thinking in this, my futuristic piece, this is why I'm saying tomorrow's thing was like so spot on. I want my fireside directory of small businesses to be in the metaverse when that happens. That sounds pretty cool. Instead of just seeing a headshot, you could go into that person's office, for example, and sit down and have a face-to-face interview. And that would make the experience very real. Even though we were poking fun at the Oculus graphics, some of those were movies that were taped. And so they showed real footage in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. And it's and, scary. And you were standing on the edge of a cliff. I was standing on the edge of a cliff watching the solo climber without ropes. But what's even funnier about the app that I was doing called Supernatural is that it helps you pick out an avatar and you put in all this information about yourself, but somehow, okay, so this is a little scary, guys. Somehow it knew I was blonde. It kind of knew what shape I was. (laughs) It kind of knew what I would look like. And so it showed me these avatars and I could change different things. Like I changed eye color to green from blue, but like I could have made myself super skinny or super fat or somewhere in between, which is, but it's, it was just like, know your shoe size. That's what I think it does. (laughs) So you go in. So that information is being sent to Zappos right now. (laughs) Yeah, but, But that was in the supernatural app. So There is just so much going to be done with this. It is like a futuristic thing, but I think it's going to take five years at least for enough people to adapt. I mean, this is wonderful and freaky at the same time. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to our presenter, Rowena Scherer with Eat to Explore, E-A-T, the number two, Explore. And this is a whole system. So please, Rowena, introduce yourself and tell us about it. Thank you, Elizabeth and Richard, for having me. Well, I am Rowena Scherer, founder of Eat, the number two, Explore. Just like the name, we are an experiential cooking kit designed to bring cultural education alive for the whole family and children to the exploration of world cuisine. So it's a food and cultural exploration box. We actually provide the hard to find spices and sauces, all shelf stable. And then we give you the educational material and the cooking instructions to make different world cuisine. We have 22 different countries, and it's such a great way to teach your family, especially young kids, to learn about the connectivity of different culture, the history of why certain spices come to the country, and learn how to make a meal. It's a life skill, and also encourage kids to try different food. It's a little bit different than the metaverse and all the you know, <laughs> you know, electronic out there. It's kind of like bringing back to basic, which is what we want to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> a little there's... family time, a little get your hand off your electronics and, you know, dicing and chopping. And it's really coming together. And I kind of started this because of my own family, because uh-huh. we are all like on your phone and everyone was so busy. And I was working full time on, on Wall Street. And it's just, I saw my kid. And I realized that I kind of fail as a parent because I never let them figure it out to make a meal. I grew up in Malaysia and my fondest memory was every Sunday. My mom was very religious. It's like, you got to make your meal. Let's all cook together. You dice, you chop. And then we sit down and we eat. And I feel like those were so, kind of like how I grew up. And I sort of lost that with my own kids. Yeah. And we all really are too busy. And as a parent, I don't want them to get hurt. And frankly, they need to get hurt to learn, right? But I sort of trying to protect them, but that actually was uh, not the right way to do it. So I started this for my kids. And then I realized that a lot of family needs this. And so we make it fun, easy. We do all the research. You can learn geography, history, music, language, everything with our box. This is awesome. You know, I, I just want to be totally honest here. The way I grew up, we had dinner every night as a family my mom, my dad, and myself. And I hated it. I mean, I just say, hey, I hate it. And well, they talked about such kid, so you were... stuff that I just couldn't care less about. 
But looking back on it now, I mean, at the time I hated it, but looking back at it now, and as we're talking about this, I really do think that even there was a part of me that was being rebellious, there's another part of me that appreciated the time. And I really learned a lot about my parents and I learned about the values of our family. And sometimes I wonder how I turned out the way I did but it's probably <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not going there, <laughs> but it's probably because we sat around and we did talk. But what I love about this is I love cuisine from other countries. I love trying it and I would cook it myself because obviously you're not going to get like the real stuff at a restaurant here or whatever. If you can even find the right restaurant, like I don't know where there's Malaysian food around us, but finding all the ingredients is like a nightmare unless you yeah. know exactly where to go. So I think this is very cool and would be very Thank fun to you. try. Yeah, Thank I think you. it's amazing too. There's no like special tools or cooking so utensils. We, uh, no, so we, every box is a unique cooking tool. So there is a fun cooking tool, but you just really need a knife. And then we had give you a shopping list. So you buy your basic ingredients and we have vegan option and gluten-free options. So because you buy your own fresh ingredients, mm-hmm. we provide the hard to find spices and sauces and all our spices are sourced with the supplier. And so they're high quality. And so that's the hard part, right? We give you grains like teff flour for your Ethiopians in jar bread and just make it easy. And it's only three recipes. So you don't have to cook every day. Like, you know, the idea is you pick a day a week and then just cook three times a month with your family. So you can subscribe and get a new country every month. Or you can just buy a single box or you can buy a continent. So the schools use us for their continent studies and they do Europe. So they're, you know, homeschoolers, especially they just buy a, a five boxes of our European continent and then they learn it through there and do it as a program. That sounds great. Kenya. I love this. I think this is so innovative. And for someone who does not like to cook, I'm actually excited because <laughs> I think if I had something to look forward to where it was, you know, just connected to a country or someplace I've never visited before. Like it just makes it a little bit more exciting. You actually answered my question because I was going to ask you about the subscription base and how that works. But I guess if I had to ask another question, like kind of where do you see the company evolving to in the next few years? We are actually approaching grocery stores. So we want to like partner with them where they can, you know, families can buy a box, kind of QR code it and get the shopping list and buy on the spot the groceries that's needed. So every recipe is for four adults and it's very balanced. It has rice and grains and vegetables and protein. We're also talking to travel agents and actually our new boxes, we're talking to travel bureaus of different countries because how fun it is to learn about the country and cook it before you visit. That makes your trip so much more enriching. So we're trying to look at that as well and partner with them. That is such a great idea. Lots of times when we travel, well, last time was to Aruba and they had (laughs) Kentucky Kentucky Fried Fried Chicken chicken and Wendy's (laughs) and Burger King, (laughs) you know, within walking distance. And we stayed at an all-inclusive, right? And they had all this prepared food that was- Very uh, Americanized. Very Americanized. And not in a good way either. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think we ever got a chance to go out and eat in an authentic no. Aruban restaurant. But if we had tried it beforehand, we would have said, hey, this is great. Let's go find some place that tastes like this. Yeah, yeah. So Tamara, what is your comment or question? Oh my gosh, I'm going to go back to the past. And I'm going to go forward. First of all, does anybody remember the mutual of Omaha cards that you used to collect and it would have like a picture of a cheetah on the front and then information about the cheetah on the back? And you were like in my neighborhood, I was cool because I had the whole pack of the safari. <laughs> Oh, really? So, okay. yeah, that's dorky. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I, I didn't collect those cards. I think I just admitted ahead. that publicly, didn't I? <laughs> but, but I love the, and maybe it already does this, I love the idea of the recipes being collectibles so that I could thump through later and show to other people because then it's got badge value and I share we do. it, right? You come over, great. You come over and I'm yeah. like, woo! I didn't even say that, but yeah. that's, you can actually great. collect stickers and passport and flag pins. Yeah. So what, one thing I really want families to learn is about the flag, like, Flag has history, a flag has significance of each country. So people collect flags and put it on your apron or put it on the bag. Love so, it. And yeah. going to the future, I would say I'm going to go in the metaverse because I love my Oculus. I just, just, I love it. I would like to then go on to your app or whatever it's called in the metaverse. And I would like to talk to other people who've also tried Ethiopian food and talk about like the flavors and the food and create community because food is so much about community too, isn't it? I love it. And I love the idea of making international food comfortable for people. And I think Hilton Hotel should call you 
menu because they should give it as a takeaway when someone visits their hotel in France. I'm going to take away those recipes with me. I think they'd be a great partner. See, yeah. I think That's tomorrow is innovating right now, well, by so the way. I think <laughs> for the Oculus app tomorrow, let's you and I meet in Ethiopia. Okay, yes. so we'll find Ethiopia there. We'll and we'll eat together at a table in Ethiopia. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. There you go. There I'm you on go. board. That's an actually a great point. If I could just just expand a little bit. So have you ever thought of potentially doing like a virtual reality cooking class in like mm. some of the countries? I've actually done virtual cooking class, but not in the metaverse. But uh, I, I do do a lot of instructions with like corporate. In fact, we did one with Intel. Uh, where the Intel employees uh, did our, our Kenya box, actually, <laughs> talking about Kenya. So we've done a bit of that, but it takes up a lot of time when I have to do cooking classes. But one thing I wanted to say, though, it's actually great for children between 5 to 13 do like to spend time with parents. So we really wanted to hone in on that and said, you know, that's when you have their time, treasure it, make memories, and go from there. And also what we have done now is, for instance, the Asian American Heritage Month is coming up. We have an Explore Asia box. And then we're doing a Jamaica one for the Caribbean Heritage Month as well, which is kind of fun. And we work now with local chefs. I will say, Rowena, I have a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old boys. And if I can get my 17-year-old to cook with me in the kitchen, we have the best conversations. So it's a reason for them to want to hang out with me. We're going to do this with our adult children. (laughs) Well, we're going to do this together too. Yes, we'll do this together. So Awesome. I'll send you some boxes. Okay, great. What is your website again where people can find you? Oh, yes. Eat number two explore.com. So EAT, the number two, E X P L O R E.com. I urge everybody to try it. We have to take a break. We'll be back right after this on Passage to Profit. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common they start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. So now we are on to our next presenters, husband and wife team, Matt and Karen Riley with Heart of Oneness Holistic Expo. And I really want to hear all about this. Well, first, thank you for having us. We are absolutely thrilled to speak with you and your listeners. So we are Karen and Matt Riley, and we are the founders and we host the Heart of Oneness Holistic Expo. It's a two and a half day event that for right now takes place in Edison, New Jersey. And we offer something so much more than an expo. I think one of the first things we always like to say is that it's a community and we have over 150 holistic practitioners that come for the weekend and help others to really find what they're passionate about in life and also kind of teach them tools and practices that help them to know themselves better as individuals. This last show, we had 5.5 thousand people through the door and it was absolutely incredible. There's something so special about seeing people come together, especially after COVID, within a space of feeling like they were ready to connect again. So what kind of vendors do you get here? We get all different types of exhibitors from Reiki masters to people who do mediumship, psychic reading. We have natural products. We have crystal jewelry. We really have a diverse group of people and we really keep it that way. We try and work through it. So there's an offering for everybody. You know, that really triggers a memory for me before COVID. We used to go, or I had been to different kinds of shows. I like to do woodworking and I go to a woodworking show, also several professional organizations. And there's something that's really reviving about being with other people who have the same interests. 
And with a lot of them, I feel like I could just talk with them for hours about mm-hmm. our interests. And it's very easy to strike up new relationships. And I think with all the video and the Zoom and everything, we've sort of lost that experience. And I would always go to these conferences just feeling really juiced after I got out of them. So I think it's wonderful that you're doing this and the vendors must love it too, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. It's an exciting weekend. It's uh, We have 35 workshops in March of 2023. We'll probably have about 40. Most of them are free with the attendance. So mm-hmm. to your point, people come and spend the day. It's not coming for an hour and leaving. You know, we're open on Saturdays from 10 to 7 and Sundays 10 to 5. Most people get there at 10, 10, 30 in the morning. They're staying till almost the end of the day. So what is your most popular services, items, workshops? Wow, I would definitely say crystals. It's a tangible object. It's about energy. And I feel like, again, technology is really helping us to understand ourselves as more than just skin and bone and tissue or energy. So crystals by far, definitely that. Mm -hmm. Reiki would certainly be another. The workshops, it seemed like the sound healing was very popular. We had a meeting show like about the sound healing, whether it's gums, tuning force, all these different sound energy therapies really seem to resonate a lot with people. But it was really nice because the way we structured the workshops is there was something for everybody. So people could attend all these different workshops and really get something that resonates with them and then go and interact with the exhibitors on the floor to get some additional information. So what kind of people came? Was it like cat owners? <laughs> like me? <laughs> so if I tell you, you know, just like what Matt said, there's something there for everyone. And I think one of the things that I want to say is to just keep curious about life. Mm-hmm. Be mm-hmm. curious about life. Be curious about yourself. Be curious about your own expansion and awareness in life. There's something, truly, there's something there for everyone. I mean, we witnessed at the show, people were coming in the door and they're just met with like this awe. And then as they were leaving, they were like, our lives have totally changed. And it could be as simple as, again, they just discovered something about themselves that they didn't know before. We're so busy in our lives with work and demands and children that we forget to really tap into ourselves and understand ourselves and what really drives us and why we do the things that we do. And having some mystery is so wonderful because mm-hmm. I think mystery is and hope are related. And if there is some mystery, then I think that's very helpful for the soul. So Kenya, what are your thoughts? I kind of had the opposite question that Elizabeth had, because I do believe that we have this innate void that God puts in us to want to know things. I was just going to ask you, why do you think people come? I believe people come because they do feel that void. Mm-hmm. So for me, in our name, we're about oneness. It's It's not so much about being separate from God. It's about recognizing that we are part of God. We are an aspect, a spark, if you will, of energy, of light, however you want to say it, of the divine. There is no separation in terms of us, but through virtue of our human experience, we think that there is. So this offers a platform for people to gently, at their own space and when they're ready, to move into that expansion of themselves. So I feel that's why people come. I just was curious too, do you think there is kind of a bad side to knowing too much? Because I feel like there's walking by faith and then there's tapping into things that might not necessarily be good for you. From a human perspective for me, when we don't trust, it's typically because we don't trust ourselves to make the right decisions. So in that space in and of itself, we open up that door to feeling like something may not be right for us. So I feel our show really offers practical tools for people to begin to self-trust, self-regulate, and then that just expands everything else. In the beginning, I'll be really honest, I was born very religious in my upbringing. So when I discovered this world and energy, it took me a while to really kind of release, if you will, some of those belief structures. And I realized that it was me that was holding this thought in place that something could potentially harm me. But I had to bring that back into my own lack of self-trust, if you will. And once I did that, it was like everything just opened and God actually became so much closer and more a part of me. But that was part of my journey. Wow. So you understand the spiritual significance of 100%. I really feel the beauty in the show too, is about recognizing the spirituality of it, 
but also seeing how technology is bridging all of that together. Tomorrow, I'm a free spirit wrapped up in a very anxious type A personality. About four months ago, I started this practice of doing five things that I know for me make me feel connected to source energy. Mm-hmm. and you know, breathe me with life and confidence. And I don't understand how they work. They're tiny. I do them five every day, but they mm-hmm. work. And the minute I started doing those things, some I get, some I don't quite understand. Everything else in my life and in my business, frankly, opened up financially, mm-hmm. personally, yeah. in relationships. Like mm-hmm. It was crazy to me yeah. how it all kind of comes together in this one area. So I love the field of it. And I guess my question back is, what do you tell people to make them see how you are are more valuable and different maybe than all the other quote unquote wellness people out there. Cause I do think the challenge in this area is it's super cluttered. I think for us, it's like I said, we come from an open heart space. So really we're trying to give everybody an experience. To your point, there's all different types of expos and shows, but we really yeah. want to give people an experience. Mm-hmm. And when they come through the door, they're very welcome and inviting. Right. So, you know, we're on the floor the whole time. We're greeting people and meeting people, but it's really about who we draw into the show, both from the attendees and the exhibitors. And really, again, coming back to getting that experience and coming in and enjoying themselves and being able to spend the whole day and feel like they're getting a benefit when they walk out the door. One of the things that's very important to us is knowing that it doesn't really matter where you are and your belief structure, your mindset, there's a place for you here. We want everyone to know that they're welcome and they can move about in their own space and just feel like they're loved and appreciated. Over the years, Matt and I, we know many of the participants too, very closely and intimately. And I think it's what makes us different because we're not just an expo show and we're not behind this curtain that no one knows who we are. We're very much out in the open and we love that transparency because we feel like that's what we stand for. We walk the walk, we live the life, and we want others to do the same because it's how we change and innovate our lives and the way that we see our future. It all starts with your belief, your intention, and your connection to source and how you bridge that all together. Well, I have to agree. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I see that your next one is going to be March 3rd to 5th, 2023. That is mm-hmm. on my calendar already at the New Jersey Convention and Exposition Center. And I guess you probably have people come from around the country to this, right? We do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, maybe even around the world. And depending on how your marketing is <laughs> and people can find it. Our website is heart of oneness, holistic Great. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person you, next you year. This is passage to profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be right back after this. What are entrepreneurs most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart law to protect your ideas with premier patent trademark and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearheartlaw.com. at Gearheart law. We have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, Contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth, Passage to Profit. And while the information here is believed to be correct, always discuss your particular legal situation with a 
experienced professional. So we had Tamara Gondor, creator of Launch Street and the IQE Innovator Assessment, which I took and found to be spot on and phenomenal. If you want to know how you innovate, go to her website, which is www.gotolaunchstreet.com. And the really great thing about this is that everybody can be an innovator. And everybody so is an innovator. Everybody is an innovator. And if you don't feel like you're innovating as much as you would like, there's ways to improve that. And then we had Rowena Scherer, Eat to Explore. And her website is eat, the number two, explore.com. And this was very cool. So she gives you kits to make meals from other cultures and cuisines. And she gives you all sorts of learning materials with it. So your whole family can get involved in something really fun to do with your kids. I think it could just be fun to do with anybody. Even me? <laughs> well, especially you. <laughs> and then we had Matt and Karen Riley with Heart of Oneness Holistic Expo. So they hold an expo in New Jersey once a year for holistic types of things like crystals and Reiki healers, and they sell things. And it's just a really fun thing to go to. The next one is March 3rd through 5th, 2023. And their website is Heart of Oneness holisticexpo.com. Before we go, I'd like to turn things back over to Tamara. Final words or thoughts for our audience? You know, Richard, I'm going to piggyback on what you said, which I think is so great, which is it feels good to innovate. Like it, it actually taps the dopamine, the feel good chemicals in your brain. So there's a reason why it feels good when we do that. If you looked at the landscape out there in innovation, I think a lot of people are about process, initiatives, culture, and most of the time they fail. And what I realized early on in my career was that what was more powerful than giving people ideas, showing them a process that they may or may not love is actually showing people how they can innovate from the inside out, because we all have the ability to do it. Some of us are just go to the gym of innovation a little bit more. And I'll never forget, I was speaking about innovation at a conference. I was sharing all the stories that you think are awesome, right? Like Southwest, Apple, Google, right? Like the ones that are kind of so cliche now looking back. And I got off stage and this woman came up to me and said, Tamara, that's great. Like, those are all fascinating stories, but what am I supposed to do with that? And in my head, I was thinking, well, because you're an innovator, we're all actually innovators. We just do it differently. And she said, well, but I'm not like, you know, so-and-so on the cover of Fast Company magazine with their hoodie and their cool glasses. I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not JK Rowling. I'm not any of these people. So how am I supposed to do it? And that kind of cold slap across the face is what made me realize, all right, I got to stop telling people how innovation works and like the high level of it, I got to make it tangible and real for people because, you know, I can give you all the fish in the world, or I can show you how you can fish for yourself. And it's been really game changing for us and for our clients, because instead of me coming in and saying, Hey, I'm an innovator, look at me, let me go behind the black curtain. We work with entrepreneurs and big companies to say, Hey, let's give you the tools to instead of going up against that brick wall, how do you go around it, under it, through it, but do it repetitively, right? On an ongoing basis. You know, we're in a crazy time and this next normal is not yet figured out. And yet there's incredible opportunity in that too. There's an opportunity to innovate, opportunity to carve your own path up that mountain. Giving everybody that tool to do it on their own is personally very gratifying. And I hope people take advantage of it. And I have learned so much from these other entrepreneurs on here. So thank you to all of you. I honestly have to say, people say, how can you and Richard possibly work together and stay married? Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> that's a different show. <laughs> that's a different show. But I will say one thing that happens, and we do have different innovator styles. I think what happens is on the weekends and on car rides, especially, we just start innovating together and we feed mm -hmm. off each other to the point where we don't know who came up with the idea. Right. I do think innovation is important yeah. for people's lives because it gives you mm -hmm. excitement and it gives you kind of a reason to exist. And something to look Besides, forward to. It's like, won't it be cool when this happens? You know, our big goal is to unleash 1 million everyday innovators into the world because we could solve so many problems and move so many things forward if we kind of were all that rising tide together. And it is, it's energizing, it's exciting. And you know what? I made the mistake of turning on the news this morning and there's mm. so much out of our control, but our ability to innovate and find paths around things is absolutely in our control. Well said. Kenya? I think the thematic of the show was definitely the power of innovation through being self-aware. The more you know about yourself, the more you know where your, I guess, your 
canisters are loaded, you can leverage those things to really create and do really nice things. Very well said as usual. So tune in next week for Passage to Profit, where we'll have more amazing guests and more amazing presenters. I'd like to thank Kenya Gibson, our media maven, Noah Fleischman, our producer, and Alicia Morrissey, our program coordinator, along with Mark Wilson, our syndication guy. You're listening to Passage to Profit, and don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 